right? Rolling into it and we're live and that is about as much of an intro as you get, but the podcast is going. So uh, my guest today is the awesome Chet Morjaria, whose name I did just have to check and see if I was pronouncing right. So hopefully I did get that down. Expert pronunciation, Shane. Love it. But yes, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, dude. I know you're super busy. I'm really excited to, uh, to have you on. But yeah, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. I'm super looking forward to this. So uh, I guess let's get give everyone a little bit of a preface in terms of uh, what you do. So how would you describe, I would have put a little bit of an intro in the blurb or whatever, but for, for people that don't read. No, no one reads the blurb. <laughs> no one reads the blurb, exactly. So uh, yeah, how would you describe the work that you do? Cool. Okay, I'll go from general to specific then, I guess. So awesome. uh, I, I help those who help people in a nutshell. And specifically, I teach coaches how to coach. Awesome. Okay. So you're, you have like a lot of different ventures and venues from what I can tell. Mm. Um, but the, the main thing that I see you do and you, you're repping the t-shirt at the moment um, is the you've got the strength education um, company uh, built. Yep. Uh, so I guess... If we talk, if we start by talking about, I guess what that is, and I guess why you started that, uh, and then we can we can dive into some of the specifics about your philosophy of, and things. So yeah, but so can yeah, could you tell little, people a little bit about I guess what strength education is and and why that started initially? Yeah, of course. So so strength education is like you say a company organization whatever, <laughs> um, and and that is centered around coaching coaches. Uh, so that's where my heart and head have always been at. I've been in the, the coaching coaches game for, for about a decade now in various guises. Um, and uh, it was born out of the fact that that's, that's part of my why, like empower those who empower others um, to be able to do what they do with more insight and purpose. And that's, you know, that's why I do everything that I do. Uh, it was born out of that combined with, various frustrations with with the industry and i know we were talking i hate hate, like referencing what we've just talked about off air but i know we were talking about that a little bit off air uh in terms of things like um progressive structured education and when i say the industry i know many of the listeners are in a slightly different facet of the industry so where strength education is strength coaching um and you know we have coaches ranging from like crossfit facility owners to um to gymnasts and and body works but uh, body weight specialists olympic weightlifters olympic level coaches you know all sorts um and that's something we can get onto later in terms of the um the universal nature of these things but in terms of the frustrations yeah but so pro- progressive structured education as opposed to just these kind of quick fire weekend courses which is not to say that some of those things don't have relevance, of course, but um, but you know it's it's easy to, to to step into something like that as a coach, right? And um, and get excited about it and get involved with it and have a buzz from it, and then potentially not take a huge amount from it for for a number of reasons. First of all, that the just the, the the time constraint, but second of all, the potential lack of support structure around it too. Um, so that plus being able to through um, a more, I won't say traditional form of education because that gives it the wrong flavor, but through like a longer term progressive education, being able to subjectively 
facilitate the educational needs of, um, you know, of uh, meeting people where they're at in terms of their coaching and being able to go from there. So what that looks like now to get a little bit more specific is three 12 month coaching programs. Okay. So like generally speaking, the um, on the first 12 months, we connect up with how to actually coach the person in front of you. So that will look at the, the biomechanical pieces, but with a huge, huge emphasis on what I call the coach the human perspective. So, you know, everything, uh, the a potential other frustration or, or, um, or cool thing, depending on how you look at it, that you might want to pull into the mix is, uh, you know, the fact that most coach education is, um, well, no, let's start start in a different perspective. Most most coaching, really, when it comes down to it, is probably 20% like nuts and bolts and mechanics, right? And 80% uh, human interaction, building relationships, trust, rapport, motivation, and everything else, right? Would you agree? I would definitely agree, yeah. Cool. Yeah, what's most coach education? Like, think about, just pause for a moment and think about most things that you've done and most things that you've been to and you'll probably figure out that you've done 80 plus percent not not because that you or anyone else listening has sought these out but purely because that's what exists you know you've done 80 percent um uh, of like how to how to uh, teach particular movements let's say or exercises or maybe how to program them or whatever else um, and 20 percent the art of coaching and how to actually coach it uh, and how to really connect with people um yeah i mean i could, I could yeah. go on but i'll stop there so well i, I mean it, it's funny i would say that might be even be a bit generous because i'd say the 20 percent that you yeah, learn about the is. relationships is probably as a byproduct of sales and marketing kind totally. of like <laughs> so it's not necessarily learning about yeah so I mean like you said we talked a little bit before we start recording uh, th this kind of thing is something that me and you can sit down and just kind of go yeah yeah obviously and then but yeah. it, it doesn't occur to everyone um, you know that, 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 yeah. that, that all of this stuff goes kind of so deep and so I mean one of the things I've been really interested in for a while is is kind of development of character and like cult or cultivation of character, you might say, and um, cool. not only from a personal perspective, but specifically in relation to coaching. And so, you know, you mm. mentioned then about, it, you know, it, it occurs to me that it's not so much about just how much you know as a coach. It, it matters how you can act and like how you can be in the world and like how much you know about your own character and your own self. So I right, because helping others starts with itself right yeah like, totally totally you know you need to have an understanding. a lot of the work that i do with coaches um especially at the the higher levels let's say you know is mm. um is exploration of self ranging from exploration of purpose to and this comes back to what strength education does but exploration of purpose to under like developing coaching philosophies and i know we started to speak about that too and and coaching principles and so on but absolutely you know understanding self is going to be important both from the actual coaching and then also figuring out who you can help right as in yeah. you know like for want of a better way pitching yourself or putting yourself in front of of those people and connecting with those people so that you actually end up helping them rather than being this cool guy or cool girl who can help someone and can genuinely help people but but don't know or can't make that connect with you know with actually to actually help them yes yeah and i think 
on that note, your values are a, a, a very important part of whether you will actually be able to cultivate any of those characteristics. I would say. Hold on, is, hold on one sec. Yes. Oh, okay. Education value poster. Oh, I love it. Okay, with well, yeah, nice little poster with some values on for the people that are just listening. Um, okay, so yeah, so let, I want to kind of bring this into the context of you and your journey a little bit. So when you think about when you first started coaching, could you, how do you think about kind of your character at that time? And what were the first things that you worked on personally to help develop your kind of coaching abilities, if that makes sense? Yeah. Well, what a, what a great question. Um, so when I first started coaching, I think when I first started coaching character-wise, yeah, let me, I can kind of answer the second part of your question first. Do you mind if we start there? Do you think, man? Cool. Okay. So in terms of what I worked on, I think it was a, a feeling when I first started coaching that there was more to it. Mm. So... Uh, like it kind of goes back to what we were saying there, but a feeling when I first started coaching that um, there was, it was more than the physical, like, you know, the physical ex teaching someone how to do something better physically or coach something better physically. Um, the, uh, the feeling that it was more subjective as in coaching isn't just about standing in front of someone and telling them things um you know the feeling that it was more purposeful than i felt i was probably giving at the time and getting at the time so you know the feeling that actually we probably need to stop and think for a minute and um uh, and figure this stuff out so to go back to what you were saying the one piece i've always been a relatively reflective like introspective type of guy but probably the one piece that has helped me most as uh and potentially is my worst enemy from time to time but gen generally helped me most de to develop as a business owner and uh, a business owner in this space and and, a, and an educator too is self-awareness and and self-reflection right yeah that makes sense so, I mean, well, how do you go about doing that initially? Like, especially when you're a bit younger and you don't necessarily know what to look for. Like, that's the problem I find with a lot of, like, there's an intention that people want to learn, but they don't know what they're, obviously, they don't know what they don't know about, right? So they don't totally. know where to, like, look. And d did you have other people around that pointed you in that direction? Or is that a kind I had of... some awesome, awesome pe people around me. And, uh, but I think to answer that question a bit more specifically and give some uh, a tangible piece that that hopefully the listeners can can uh, you know take forward from here is keep a coaching diary that's a really good good place to start right like mm -hmm. you probably keep a training diary and you know put put the pieces that you do in there and maybe some some measures some more qualitative measures too in terms of um uh, like maybe how you felt or how you know how the like the movements felt or like how you came into that day or whatever what about doing that stuff with um with coaching as well because that's the first part right is like just figuring out uh figuring out what you're doing and just getting it down in a pl place where you can then look at it and maybe um spot patterns or 
uh, you know, uh, be able to figure out what you need to figure out, mm. like like you're saying. Um, so, so that would be the first part for me. Otherwise, it's just, you know, you're, and that in itself, that just that exercise in itself is pretty cool in terms of just taking some time, like even the, the nature of keeping a coaching diary makes you stop, take some time and and just start to build those reflective skills right and yeah we can definitely talk about um talk about mentors and and so on but you know uh i think i've lost you shane can you still hear me no i can still hear you yeah i was listening sorry i was i was writing something we're as still well. on we are still on my lines just breaking up a little bit so i just wanted to check that the sound was still okay um so yeah we can we can talk about mentorship and everything else but that's that's a you know a thing that's free to do right it takes it takes like 10 minutes out of your day and then you can start to develop like what co- what I would call coaching skills as in maybe you'll start to ask yourself better questions and then when you start to ask yourself better questions you might start to ask those who you're coaching better questions and then from there you know you can uh, well that, that asking good questions is a huge part of being a good coach right absolutely yeah that's something that i think i've only personally cottoned on to in the last maybe 18 months or so but uh yeah and how I, how is that how has that journey been in the last 18 months for you it's it, it well interesting would be the most accurate way i mean mm, because the it's first a challenge yeah the first thing yeah it's very hard uh, it's very hard technically in terms of mm, what question do you do you ask and where do you place that but if you, that's the only problem you have, I would say you've maybe missed the point because it's very hard to cultivate a version of yourself that will, I would say, allow for you to do that in a certain scenario, right? Because I think my thing with um, some of these issues that you, we talk about with coaching and, you know, you, you talked about the differences in industries, but I don't see much differences in terms of the problems. It's just kind of how they manifest, right? And I so, agree. Yeah, the expression of those things. Right. And it, it strikes me that potentially there are issue, uh, big issues with like why people start coaching, right? Why people get totally. into stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Especially with like PT, you know, I found, and I, I, I probably fit this category when I started, but I found pretty much everyone that I asked when I started PT and like why they started doing it, it's because they like training. Like they right. enjoy training. And so if right. I can work somewhere where I train that make, you know, it's like if I like pizza, I'll go work at Pizza Hut type mentality. Um, but those people soon realize that you go off pizza pretty quickly. Um, and uh, Just a uh, ra- random aside, I actually used to work at Pizza Hut. Did- <laughs> nice. <laughs> and did you go off pizza while you worked there? Uh, I can't say I've Maybe gone not on so much. yet, so we're, we're good, we're good. Okay. But yeah, I get, I, get, I get the sentiment for sure. Sorry, but, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, but it, yeah, and so the issue becomes you, you have different values to the kind of people that you're working with and values specifically that don't really allow you to interpret other people's values, if that makes yes, sense. Yes, 100%. Um, and, I, you know, you, I've had quite a few conversations with different people within the poll industry and we've talked about... Um, not only getting better results, but kind of, you know, getting your name out there a bit more as a coach and, you know, becoming more recognized as a bit more of a, uh, an expert, if you will, or whatever. And, you know, we're constantly having these kind of conversations about how, like, how approachable and how personable mm-hmm. you actually mm-hmm. are as an entity um, mm-hmm. and how flexible you are as a coach. Because a lot of people, when they come from a performance background, especially, they yeah. know the way that they got it done and it's usually very rigid and very like you know more 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 and so you know they got from a to b that way and they just can't comprehend 
that there would be another way to get to A to B, get from A to B, or that any other way was anything less than sufficient in, you know, compared to their... I guess what this ramble is aiming somewhere towards asking something to the effect of where do you see some of these like kind of core issues coming from? Is it is it kind of um, in the industry in terms of the education? Is it um, in the academic framework or is it more to do with like the intentions of the person coming in? I know I've been talking at you for like five minutes, but feel Mate, free no, to try I, to- and- I totally get it. And I love I love that your head's in this space. So um so for me, the answer to all of those is yes, <laughs> but, uh, but but I don't think I don't often, you know, let's be fair to the coaches here as in and I don't mean you are being unfair, but I mean, often I don't think it's with ill intent. No, you know, or good, 99% of the time, I don't think it's with any form of um, malice or Ill, in- Ill intent. It's just purely the nature of what but and by it i mean this kind of philosophy of coaching so i would say what everything that you were talking about there i would describe as a uh, describe as coach centric coaching so you know the focus is on from that coach potentially coming forward as an athlete and taking their experiences and perceptions that one you know n equals one um of themselves as as an athlete taking that forward into coaching and then but and then, and this leads into what you were saying, coaching how they have been coached, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, coaching from, I mean, let's look at many different perspectives. You could look at coaching from youth into um, into being an adult. I mean, you know, you might think of like the, the, the school coaches you had or the sports coaches that you had. And let's take the example of like a, what I call a walk on coach, you know, like a dad or a mum who's, um, who, who coaches like the local football team or, or something like that. They probably haven't had a huge amount of, of coach education. And Hey, you know what? It's damn cool that, that like, that these people are taking time out of their own schedules and going and doing something cool with their kids and, and the community. Right. However, um, it's they coach how they were taught in school right and we're going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole here so excuse me a second but um but school is a very behaviorist i tell you do coaching approach right or teaching approach and that's where it begins for most people that's what most people's perception of uh, of like being a student or being a teacher starts and if we go right back, I know you like to delve into history uh, with, with some stuff. So, and I, and I'm sure you know this, but uh, it may it may enlighten some of our listeners and viewers. If you go right back to the history of schooling, um, it was to create obedient factory workers. You know, so like thinking that that was the actual purpose of schooling. So then, and the problem is it hasn't changed from there, right? Yeah. So, you know, so so you get this idea of what of what teachers or coaches, because it's, it's the same thing effectively in, in my mind, what teachers and coaches are meant to be, or or at least you don't have, you know, that's all you know. Same for the, the role of the student. And, you know, if you do good things, then you get a pat on the head. If you do bad things, you, you get a detention. And, and then you have the same ideas growing in society and the media, right? So, you know, society um, uh, paints a picture and the media paints a picture of a coach whose um, success is determined through winning, 
and, and winning alone um, and who's uh, who's a commander and who doesn't ask questions and who knows everything um, you know what what else is there I mean um, is there any wonder then that that through this sort of cyclical nature of, of this understanding of, of coaching and, and teachers. And yes, there's the coach education has a part to play, right? Because then if coach education, this thing that's meant to be teaching you how to teach just ends up, um, ends up, uh, you know, corroborating the story that, that you've, that you've known all along, um, then you still don't know what you don't know. And you still don't know that there's anything else and you will still continue to, to teach in a way that is is only really or at least mostly fulfilling your goals as opposed to the athletes goals and perhaps that's where this conversation is leading and for anyone who's been confused up to this point perhaps we should have mentioned this first of all in that like why don't we want to be a coach centric coach because we want to be an athlete centric coach right we want to be um a coach who focuses on the subjective needs of the person or people in front of them and and facilitates them surely that is the definition of success as a coach uh, i posted a um so in one of the online lessons i have there's a, a sentence I, I occasionally write something interesting and useful and um, and i wrote and, and, I, and i wrote something in a lesson i posted it up on social media and it just was it was a, it was a cool reaction it got and uh, perhaps this encapsulates it quite well so uh, apologies if you're watching i'm looking at another screen right now so i'll be back with you in a second but um if if and I said, if we're not in coaching to actively facilitate the personal growth of our members, clients and athletes, and more importantly, to empower our fellow humans to continue to develop with autonomy and individuality, then what are we in it for? And for me, that is the motivation of a coach who is, um, you know, who is uh, who is here for the right reasons. And hopefully there's a bunch of coaches listening to this who are thinking, you know, going back to their schooling and coaching and, and where they are now as a coach and doing some self-reflection and thinking, crap, hold on a minute. Actually, how have I ended up at this place? And maybe they feel a bit like I felt and maybe they feel like, okay, so, you know, uh, there's, there's more to this. I know there's more to this. I just don't know where to look or I don't know where to find it. And hopefully after reading, um, after listening to what I just said, they, or you, if you're listening to this, um, resonate with that and if you resonate with that cool that is a good conversation to have right mm. that's a good place to be definitely yeah um yeah and it's interesting you mentioned the kind of the history of schooling um and you, you know the kind of the obedience thing and i think it's mm -hmm. it's it's probably worth mentioning and this isn't to say that i, I disagree with that but i would say it, it might even be more accurate to say that it prioritizes efficiency of production right and it prioritizes that to the detriment of any kind of subjectivity or um sense of self so it's like because the good thing about the way that we've set this up is it get it, it speeds everyone through to a baseline that is much higher than has we have had previously in human history in some respects um but, but how like what are the measurements of that baseline like you know what how is that oh, baseline right defined? of course yeah so this right so this is the problem so and and this is what i was going to get into is because uh, again uh, i know you spend a lot of time within like crossfit communities as well mm -hmm. um and we, I think we have a similar problem in both industry or a similar, well, we'll call it a problem in both industries where you have most people come in because they get qualified, like you, like you mentioned, through this kind of weekend course. 
Um, and so, uh, you know, people don't like that, right? Because say if someone like you has been coaching for however many years now, opens up a CrossFit box, you know, you've put all this kind of passion and effort into it. And then some other guy can spend a couple of weekends half-heartedly paying attention to some chump with a CrossFit t-shirt on. And then he opens a box a week later and suddenly he just kind of undercuts you, uh, you know, it goes off at other places. But it's a big it's a big problem because people don't like that easy barrier to entry to get to where they mm. feel like they've had to earn it like you know to get to that spot but again the other problem is like how how else do you do it in some respects in terms of like you know if, as a business say if you're talking about like crossfit's qualification courses if they if they branched out and they said right we're not going to do weekends you have to do six weeks intense well, they're not going to sell many courses, right? Because who can take six months out right. of their job to then learn about right. this? Or, and, and so it's it's not completely, you know, it's understandable why people set things up this way. But I, I get like when you think about these kind of weekend courses and then these easy barrier to entries to get into stuff that is very complicated. What do you think like the solution is to kind of dampening some of the problems that are produced by that setup, if any? Well, let's go. Let's look at the CrossFit level one, and this I'm sure will make some people switch on and some people switch off. But, okay. um, but you know, the, I think Cross CrossFit, um, yeah, it's just, it's a tricky situation, right? And definitely from a business point of view, sometimes it makes sense to to have these. You know, like I've realised over the years uh, that everyone loves a shiny object, and <laughs> um, and we'll go back to what you were saying in just a minute, but that that is another conversation to me about getting people to want what they need, right? Uh, mm. uh, another another potentially useful thing that I wrote once and actually got picked up by uh, Dan John and he put it in his newsletter and a few other coaches I really respect and, and revere um, goes something like this. So a bad coach gives people what they want. A good coach gives people what they need and a great coach gets people to want what they need, right? And mm. I think... Um, I think CrossFit to give CrossFit HQ to give CrossFit HQ their due uh, have now defined more clearly and set expectations more clearly about what the CrossFit level one actually means. Whereas I, so I did my, um, my CrossFit level one in 2008, I believe, which was the first outside the U S and, uh, and, and at that point, um, there were like there was a lot of ambiguity around what this means what you can do with it like what you can do without it and and all this type of stuff so uh and like to to be uh, you know for complete transparency as well i've run weekend courses before don't get me wrong and there's um there is uh, a a part of the business the strength and power element strength and power education is is the name of it and what you might see coming out of there is is a weekend strength and power course which is aimed at people who are um who are just coming out of pt school let's say just coming out of their qualifications have this feeling in a really cool way that there's something more to it and uh, and you know this is that that weekend course is a rabbit hole and maybe that's the difference that you know like the, the that weekend course for for me and for us uh, is meant to serve as a rabbit hole rather than a comprehensive piece of education which will enable you to do 
X, you know? So um, it's like, here's, here's a taster. It's good. You're going to get some tangible stuff, but here's a taster of like a side of the industry. You may not have seen. It's like that scene in the matrix, right? This is the, this, this, you know what I'm going to say, like, do you take the red pill or do you take the blue pill? And at that point, yes, it has been a relatively low commitment. So you can just walk away and be like, you know what? I know there's some deep shit here and I know it's meaningful, but it's difficult. And maybe expensive and maybe challenging or whatever i don't know but so so like you know so i'm going to go back and do the thing that just i'm going to do that thing and and or you take the red pill and you're like okay you know what this is the way forward for me for the industry for you know for for, for the people i'm working with and helping most importantly and so i am going to you know, just jump in and, and see how it goes um and and surely that's got to got to be the crux, really. You know, you're talking about we're talking about differentiation about um, people who are just jumping in and opening a CrossFit box just to use your example, or people who have invested much time into it. Uh, and for me, it comes down to insight and individualization, and those two things go together, right? So, on the surface level, if you're using um, if you're using surface level coaching i.e focusing on methods probably meth either they're stale methods or you're you're like attracted by shiny objects and you're just getting you know you're just like looking on instagram for drills and just plugging them into your sessions and you're programming on like a day-to-day basis and and all this type of stuff that is not going to manifest itself in anything that is okay you might get lucky and you know you might help a few people get fitter and, and whatever else but over the the mid and long term that's not going to manifest itself in good relationships with um the people that you're coaching it's not going to manifest itself in trust and rapport with those people it's not going to manifest in choice um it's not going to be you know a principle based piece where people feel like they're part of something which is bigger you know like a a, a bigger deeper thing subconsciously or consciously probably most of the time subconsciously but that's a powerful powerful force right mm-hmm. you know the 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 athletes are not going to get um coaching that is individualized to them like you look at the way that whether you look at online coaching whether you look at like um close coaching programs or semi private or you know any of these different ways that that uh the industry is evolving what what links all those things together like individualization right like being able to cater for the understand how to assess and cater for and develop people as individuals as human beings and then from there potentially placing like group scenarios and and stuff like that around it Mm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I mean, I, just to clarify as well, like I've had people on this podcast who, you know, run these quality, these weekend courses. And course. So it's not like a, yeah, not like a, a no, it's not a dig. It's not a dig at weekend courses. It's, you but know, it is, it's, just, but it is an interesting... it's just a case of understanding where, like the context, understanding where, how they fit into your development and, and, you know, being, seeking out maybe, connecting pieces for those things yeah the, the the theme of continued personal development is a, is a one that the one that pops up a lot yeah i so it's called it's called cpd and not pd for a reason right? <laughs> yeah yeah good point um i mean so yeah we were so we've we've kind of been alluding to some of the what we would prefer 
coaches to be like and things and mm. you know I'm, I'm i'm almost tempted to just kind of go hey what makes a good coach but it's kind of a shit question in terms of <laughs> like you say because you know the, the the point of this conversation really uh or at least so far has been like you said the individual individualization and so um, if you ask me that question i'll just ask you it back first anyway, <laughs> yeah so. fair enough i don't worry i'm not going to ask you it but i mean the thing i wanted to ask you about in terms of what you're doing with you know bringing people's coaching levels up and things is how mm. do you take a group of people and foster subjectivity like as you as one person are like talking and you're saying all of the same words you say you know they go off to 12 different people but your sure. goal is not for them to hear the same thing in a sense I mean mm. it's probably not done just by talking is maybe the first thing but yeah I mean yeah how do you go about kind of fostering that subjectivity is it a case of instilling some foundational values and then trying to stay as much out of the way or do you have more of a dialectic relationship in motion and yeah how could how would you describe that whole thing such a good and deep and big question right yeah that, that was a good question nice so um so many many things let's start at the the base and again we'll try to try to edge this into stuff that's you know something that's a bit more tangible for for um, people listening and, and watching this as well so um the first thing which is absolutely not to um not to be underrated is to connect with each of those people as individuals as human beings right and you know that's coaches maybe naturally assume that um that like they are good at that but just being a, and, and you know a lot of people become coaches maybe because of their athletic background and because they want to spend more time in the gym others others or the same people become coaches because they want to help people and they're good with people and they're good with helping people right and they also like this thing uh you know that they do and then they merge their two passions in and, and become a coach um so connecting with people and understanding people as humans and then building trust well, well, actually, let's go step by step. So from there, figuring out um, figuring out the deeper purposes. So there's this whole conversation about starts with why, right? And and all of this stuff. And um, I, again, another tangent, which we can maybe go off now or another day, is that I, for a lot of people, I, I think that pe coaches and just the industry and just the world in general pays lip service. To, to that statement you know like starts with why is a cool thing but like how much do you have you really investigated your why how much how deep do you take that conversation with a given person you know um like everyone most most people listening to this who who own a, a business where you help other people or or have a facility will have some kind of induction program or, or you know a moment where you can have conversations with these people how is that like how is that structured do you do a group session there maybe consider doing a one-to-one -one session is it more expensive yes but consider or you know a, a one to a one coach to a few like consider um consider how much better you can interact human to human and start your relationship with that person or at least cement the relationship that you've started to build with that person with real um you know, real human to human connection, real understanding of purpose. And from there, things like, and like you said, not just talking, right? Things like 
making sure that there's kinesthetic connection and uh you know there's a whole conversation on on learning styles to be had as well but the when you're talking about learning styles another aspect to this is to appreciate that um and we mentioned it before appreciate that everyone is showing up with different purposes and you know what that might not even be winning okay maybe some people have figured that out guess what it might not even be motor proficiency mm. like we want to get everyone better at you know uh, yeah. like uh, at doing you know it might be doing squats deads and presses it might be doing like you know pole and and, and push-ups and all sorts right but and and we focus on those mechanics i know you're itching to say something so <laughs> I, like i know uh, but and we focus on those mechanics because because that's what we're taught to do but what if, and most really genuinely think about it, like for, for most people, are, are their goals genuinely based around motor proficiency or is that your goal and merely a tiny bit of the pathway of the facilitatory pathway of getting someone to where they want to be, right? And just to finish off the flow, um, so going from there, using strategies to actually genuine, to create deep trust because when you create when you create deep trust with people, you can then go off there in a group context and say, because you have a good relationship and because you have trust, you can say a snappy sentence which may sound like uh, an order or it may sound like a coach centric piece, but it's in the context of love and respect and support, right? So you can then be sharp with your coaching in a group environment because you've created the context that all that don't take this for any more than what it is then from there you can provide choice right so if you're providing choice and you need all these things in a row like exactly like this you need a base of of human before you purpose you need a base of purpose before trust you need a base of trust before choice um and then when you start to provide that choice oh well hold on a minute because all we can do as coaches, really, right? You can tell I'm passionate about this, uh, but all, all, all you can all you can do is all we can do as coaches, right? We can't, we cannot um, assume that how someone learns or what they want to learn or anything like that. All we can really do, and I'm sorry, coaches, who uh, this is going to dash your dreams, but all we can really do is create context, create the environment for people to interact with right create the constraints around environment and task for that athlete to be able to enter or that person that human to be able to interact with and take what they take from it and help them to shape that and yeah. that's hopefully that you know that's a mix of philosophy and uh, or, or psychology if you like and um and some tangible pieces in terms of what what you might do but if you want to take this forward as a coach um then take each of those elements and incorporate them into your coaching practice you know think about uh, this and this is what we do on at the end of the 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 level one program at strength education we have the last quarter and the last two in-person days are focused on this stuff it's we we you know we we uh, we figure out how the art of coaching and and you know what you can actually systemize the art of coaching just as well not just as much but just as you can systemize your programming or your business practices and then if you consider opening this up uh, and the coachception idea <laughs> if you if you are a facility owner and then you then have a team of coaches this is a conversation i have with facility owners daily because another part of my role is mentoring those coaches 
who are either building up education businesses or they are coaching other coaches. And, you know, the conversation that I have daily is how uh, how do you build up a team of coaches who then live and feel the same values as you or at least are aligned with those values can also connect up with the people that you're teaching and then create this awesome relation this awesome like bubble that we call community and Mm -hmm. and you know that word is massive in in crossfit as well Uh, community most of the time within crossfit gyms and i get you know happens and i say this with the best in the best possible light (laughs) it happens by mistake right like it happens and yes you put loads of effort into it and people will be listening to this thinking well no i I do these things for community yes you do but there's so much more you know and Mm -hmm. and for your own business and for the people that you you help and for yourself and that there's a lot that you and we can do around purposefully developing community and also to just just to just to riff off that for a second purposefully developing things with the humans that i'm going to stop saying athletes now because that just for a second because that almost gives it the wrong interpretation um, or not as a relevant interpretation coaching the, the humans we coach to to take away pieces from our coaching that are bigger than us and that are bigger than the physical right so you know the social and the spiritual and the cognitive and the emotional you know what you can you can actually program that stuff within strength training within conditioning workouts we we can yet we can't say this person is going to have like better um emotional intelligence because they've done this workout it doesn't work like that of course (laughs) but what but you know we can we can gear what we program to be so much more than the physical and to be so much more than the classic like oh why are we doing this workout which is an important question and as an athlete you should ask that uh respectfully to your coaches or at least internally for 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 every workout but the answer that comes back a lot of the time especially within the crossfit community is mental toughness well i'm sorry but not every day is a mental toughness day is mental toughness a good trait to build yes it's not the only one though right so uh <laughs> right yeah the, yeah the mental toughness thing is is like the the biggest thing for me or the crossfit it's always it's always just hammering everything but yeah I, I, um there's loads of stuff in there so there's a couple of things you said in there that are really interesting i want to kind of circle back to sure. the, the community thing we're going to do in depth so i'm going to leave that till last so but I, I really like what you said there about um only really being able to kind of create the environment and the scenarios that that mm-hmm. your uh, the person you're working with can then act in. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that because I, I think I talk about that in a different way. Um, and I think it, it's a good way of, um, I'm trying not to say teaching accountability, but maybe getting someone to feel more accountable for themselves. And Exactly. This Be com- in the driving seat of their own stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I get this all the time because I do a lot of flips. So I'll be spotting people mm-hmm. and the tendency is they want to go, they want to shut their eyes and go, fuck it. Because I'm, I'll do the work anyway. And I always say to people, listen, you you have to understand that you have the, the opportunity now to be completely engaged in who and what and how you are in this moment because I'm spotting you, not by lumping all of your accountability onto me and saying, doesn't matter what I do, I'll be okay. That is true, but it doesn't Have, have you help ever you. directly asked them, like in this, and this could be a cool thing, hmm. uh, have you ever directly asked them, who are you going to be in that moment? 
You know, I don't know if I've gone specifically with that question. Uh, try, try it, right? I would, here's, I would here's love the to. cool thing about it. Like, <laughs> just on your, if, if you have the scope to, and mm. you do probably, um, do. next time in, your, in, in one of your workshops, that would be cool because mm. then it go and what you're doing is amazing right i love the fact that you are um that you are saying be present you know be connected with this moment and whether and this is a whole other topic of motor control and motor learning but you know whether we're talking about conscious or subconscious or the body's ability to self-organize there's loads of stuff going on there mm-hmm. however consciously and purposefully and going back to this idea of individual and subjective purpose who are you going to be in that moment? Because they're going to be taking, I don't know, like, uh, excuse my appalling ignorance of, of what, <laughs> what, what you do there, but right. So let's, uh, I'm going to assume there's going to be a, some kind of run up for a second, right? Okay. So uh, is that true or not? We don't have a run up. So basically, I mean, the most okay, common so just thing, moment, just a static, moment, think, think before, a backflip, just think a backflip. Okay. The moment before, um, sorry, it's backflip. Yeah. I was thinking of maybe some somersaults or something like that, but uh, okay. So, so like, in that moment they are standing there and they're you're like three two one go or, or whatever it is they if they have told you they have committed to being brave courageous uh, whatever it might be in that particular moment um almighty whatever whatever their subjective yeah. word of choice is yeah they've committed they you know at that point they've said it it's time to step up and they have something to step up to and then afterwards you can turn around and be like dude you're courageous like you know you did that thing and that goes right back to what you were saying about character right yeah and it definitely i think you know it's probably something that i've maybe avoided doing that specifically in terms of being hesitant that everyone would think it was a bit much in that moment which is something that's just kind of just as my coaching as I mature as a human being, as my coaching abilities mature, you get more confidence in, in those in those abilities, in your ability having, to do Having those. said that, remember what we said about choice. So before choice, you mm. need trust. And this is no disrespect to you. And it could it totally depends on the context. You know, if you're mm-hmm. coming in and, and meeting with people for the first time in a workshop, you've got a job to do. Like as in, oh, you've course. got a hard job to do in terms of, in terms of, creating that rapport and trust in a very short space of time mm. and then doing some very some some complex and trust requiring skill work absolutely right? and and I, I i actually um i i regularly make a point of, of when i post about workshops and things afterwards i always say like you know thank you guys for putting your putting your trust in me but i think what i was going to say is um the, the other thing maybe in in relation to thinking about how you would act or how would you would be in that moment in terms of like this backflip example i think the other reason i've maybe not necessarily dug into that specifically is because i've maybe been attacking it from a different angle in terms of i guess almost have not needing to be courageous in some senses as uh, you know alleviating some of that pressure in that for me when i talk about fear and things like this in that it's like to to categorize this as something that is just somehow inherently and some for some reason morally negative we're off we're just in some weird space for for seemingly no apparent reason you know for me in terms of 
there's a difference between fear and panic and you know panic's a problem mm-hmm. but in terms of being being fearful if you took like the, the really classic example of someone seeing like a saber-toothed tiger or a bear or whatever and you know you get this whole flush of, of feelings yeah. and and you, yeah. you know your all your whole body consciously unconsciously is engaging with its environment around it mm. and mm. why because it wants to stay alive like there's no point where your body is more ready for like optimal action than when you're like a little bit worried about something because that there's nothing that means more to the entirety of your person and so Mm -hmm. i'm kind of for me me, i'm focusing on this idea of we need to be in tune with everything that's happening because the other problem for me is that i feel like and i don't know if you disagree with this but i feel like there's a bit of a misconception with moving at speed because what Mm -hmm. i find is that as soon as people start to move at a certain speed they feel like they're not under control because Mm. they associate control with this very um, visceral sense of tension, right? I squeeze the pole Mm -hmm. and I hold it and so I'm under control. We do a lot of work on tension and relaxation. Right. But I I always say to people, you know, you're still, you're using tension that you've consciously created to create these rotations and, you know, your sense of spatial awareness is acting a lot quicker than you could ever do a backflip. And and so Mm -hmm. for me, it's more kind of like, you know, let's get in tune Let's go deeper inside. And that's what I mean about this accountability thing is like it gives you the opportunity to pay attention to who and what and how you are in that. Yeah, totally. And that goes back to two things, right? That goes back to the fact that we are creating that environment for people to engage with and be connected with and to help their bodies self-organize into those Mm. skills. Um, And also a quick question back to you then. So um, maybe courageous wasn't the right, you know, the right example, because it could be something like alert or flexible Mm. or you know it could be a character trait or it could be and that's the whole thing it's whatever subjectively you know how they're going to represent in that moment do do you feel that by asking them how they're going to and assuming for a second that you are you feel comfortable with asking that question i feel comfortable yeah yeah so do do you do you feel that by asking that question it's bringing to light something that you don't want to bring to light then is that i didn't quite follow what you meant um not necessarily i feel like it's so for me one of the things with workshops with the way that most people we're doing them at the moment is it's like so it's like a 90 minute thing and so mm-hmm. i t- i not everyone does but i i have a, like a preface as it were i talk at the beginning and go through my mm. this, this yeah, kind of same. stuff um uh and so but i'm obviously conscious of not wanting to take up too much time and things and right. i guess the short version would be I, I, well i think actually it's not it wasn't the wrong word to use to be act to act courageous and be courageous in that moment because ultimately when i think about why i value this type of stuff so much the acrobatics and everything it's because i believe that it's that it's kind of the sort of the hero story if you will it's mm. that i it's, it's a very visceral way of coming up against something that you don't really want to face and having mm. to just be there the whole time and and deal with that and come out the other side and to you know the person that you are on the you know the other side of that mm. is and do you discuss that do you say that in, within your workshops well so th- i think this is what how i was going to answer your question i was going to say i think if i did discuss that concept very specifically then i would yes. be able to ask that question yes. but because yes, i yes, haven't yes. then i framed the cues slightly different and i think i maybe i'm also a bit more kind of like how do you feel or at what point do you lose feel like you lose confidence or at what you know some 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 things it gets it gets a bit more technical where it's a bit more like 
they want to try and get halfway around and then think about committing and they didn't commit from the ground up type thing and you know yeah so of. they might say so you know that so then you might suggest or ideally they will say like how are you going to represent when you get to that point next time i'm going to be mm. committed mm. yes exactly yeah the commitment you know? thing yeah definitely definitely yeah so cool the- i love that so so are you gonna be committed to having that conversation in your workshops and then seeing if you can uh do it you know that secondary piece in the moment on top of that i am gonna i've, I've got i've got my european tour coming up in january so awesome. anyone that's listening that's going to be on on any of those workshops you're going to hear about me cultivating character talking to you about cultivating character and all kinds of shit yeah man awesome. um so yeah, so it, I, I kind of hijacked your thing there a little bit, but the cool. you talked a lot about um, community, and you mentioned you could see me itching as as you mentioned it, and yeah. it's because yeah. I was talking to someone right before we jumped on this. Um, she teaches pole, and she was talking to me about being frustrated with um, a certain class that she was teaching because they didn't want to do a lot of stuff, right? They didn't want to do certain moves because a lot of pole stuff, you have to use skin grip, it hurts. It takes a lot of time to get, you know, accustomed to that. Uh, Certainly in the winter, I'm in Huddersfield, we're up north, it's not warm. A lot of pole studios are in industrial complexes and things, not that easy to heat. So some of them don't want to do certain movements because you have to be dressed a certain way, it's colder, blah, 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 blah. They got all kinds of excuses, but they'll try that one snazzy move for, for polos as a handspring, you know, it might be a snatch for a cross or whatever it is that's, you know, that's the, or a muscle up would be the better one, right? It's a fancy move that you'd post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was this kind of frustrating thing. And I, now I started talking to her about kind of what we were talking to, talking about earlier is this idea that not everyone values the same thing. I said, you know, you've got, you've as yes. a coach and as a, and as a practitioner, as someone that loves the art and the object of the pole, which I'll get to, you know, you you look at these things in a different way. Like you said before, you think about kind of uh, motor proficiency, movement cap- capabilities, or in the artistic and performance realms, you think about the, your ability to purely represent yourself through your art form, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, but not everyone really does that. Like for a lot of people, it's like you said, it's the community. Not a lot of people have a group of people that they can go and sit and talk to and they all care about the same thing and they don't judge each other and they don't have to talk about work or family because those people aren't, you know, intertwined in both or whatever. And Mm. so sometimes, you know, people find that and they don't, you know, it's it's it is accurate to say that they don't care about pole in the same way, but it's not to say they don't care. Right. They just have different kind of value systems and they're not really in it to to progress further. Um I mean, given that you work with a lot of kind of strength coaches as well, and I'd imagine you you have a lot of people with a similar mindset where, you know, it's all about technical proficiency. It's all about getting more weight over the bar. How much of a challenge is it and how do you tackle this challenge of moving people away from the mindset of projecting their value systems onto the people they work with and, and grading their kind of progress on their own value systems right like because i can i can work with someone and feel like they're not getting anywhere because i'm thinking about my value system but actually they've had a great time and the only reason it all fucked up is because i didn't pay attention again i keep Mm. giving you 20 minute questions but no that's cool man that's cool i keep giving you 25 minute answers so (laughs) (laughs) um yeah like actually i think you've answered your own question in your in your 20 minutes so you know you've you've said just there that and it goes back to what we were saying before, you know, coaches um, are, so I think your question was, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
there's what are the challenges around it so what are the challenges around this whole kind of what i would call coach centric piece and projection of of values and then how do you start to work through those with coaches to get coaches to understand that actually um people are rocking up to this to a coach to a to a training situation with uh different ideas is that is that basically yeah yeah basically yeah okay cool so yeah i think i think you partially started to answer it because um the first piece of this is absolutely being aware that people are doing just that like being aware of your own bias right being aware Mm. of your um the the fact that you have a value system others have a value system and those may or may not align (laughs) yeah and you know what, like uh, this, in fact, we, we, you might almost think we're coming to the close of the podcast because this brings in all of the stuff that we've just talked about. So it's almost like you've done this before, Shane. Um, <laughs> but but so so having and OK, so let's take that a step further. I mean, there's there's about 10 different ways I could have start taking the answer to this conversation, but we'll go down this road first of all. Um, so uh, being having an understanding of your own value system starting with self which is where we started i can't even remember whether it was on error or off air now but but starting with self and knowing where you're coming from is the start right and because then you have an idea you have a tangible if i can use that word idea of who you are and what you represent and it's only when you know who you are and what you represent that you can mesh or not mesh with others, right? Otherwise, it's just all one big value mess. So, um, and making that explicit is the next step. So it's so, it's so funny, like when um, when working on coach development programs or internship programs or coach recruitment or any of like any of this deeper aspect of coaching, the humanistic side of coaching, the one of the first things we do is much to the bemusement of, of many coaches who I work with is work through what what have kind of become buzzwords, you know, like mission statements and values and then principles, which is a whole different ball game when it comes to coaching and such a powerful piece that, that so many uh, coaches and, and, uh, and sort of head coaches, if you like, miss out. But getting explicit about those values and those missions, then from the outset, enables you to help the people who you can help best right and connect the people connect with the people who 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 you can connect with so like as in do you have a poster is it on your website can you talk about your values do you understand what they are knowing that and then pairing that with a perspective that um people are coming into um, these training situations number one with different purposes number two off their own accord like as in you know they can they can be there or not be there at any time and that's a choice um and then number three uh have different developmental needs those are the three pieces the three the three like big elements to take into cognitively take into that coaching framework if you like yeah do you do you think that the um with the emergence things like like crossfit and i mean kind of the sort of identity politics in general if you will people kind of avoid self-discovery because they pick a team right like mm-hmm. it's, it's been a it's long yes, been a yes, criticism yes, yes. of absolutely of humankind that you 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 uh 
you pass off your accountability because you just go a part of those. So I just go, I do, I do CrossFit. And so I don't have to define yeah. my values, right? Because CrossFit put it on their website and it's, yeah, it's just yeah. kind of easier that way. I am a CrossFitter. Yeah. You say right, every yeah. day, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say in front of the mirror. Oh, I'm going to get loads of shit from those CrossFitters. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So. Yeah. And that's whose, whose fault is that? No one's, you know, it's like, um, it's a human tendency, right? It, it, you know, it's, it's like a, a tribal tendency and a common mm. mission isn't a bad thing. Um, but also, like you know, let's let's put it back on the the coach educators as well, my peers, um, uh, who, and and the ket. I always talk about the kettlebell world because the kettlebell world, for anyone who's familiar with it, um, is is rife for this. Okay. Uh, and in terms of, um, and this is not all kettlebell educators. So, and if you're a kettlebell educator listening to this, then hopefully <laughs> you're different. But it is many, and mm. and you go to um a workshop or a seminar or something like that you get your badge you wear your badge with pride but the coaching frameworks are um are sister it is a system and often that system is professed to be a system that is um at least better than all the rest because that and that's why they're doing it and i understand that sentiment um uh at worst the only system that you can use and believe me i've heard stories from my coaches who have been firsthand in these situations and they are awful in terms of um taking what is essentially a tool because whether you're talking about pole or or just simply body weight training or gymnastics or um kettlebells barbells like you name your tool it's a tool right? It's one expression of a physical expression. And to then say that's the only way of doing things, or that is the best, and you shouldn't even explore any other options makes no sense to me. So the way that we get around that, and we work with that is um, the full name of strength education is strength education training systems with an S at the end. And the whole point, the, the ho- I'm a crap businessman, because the whole point of this stuff, right, if uh, for me, is to empower a coach so that they can empower goes back to my why right empower a coach who empowers others and and to empower that coach it's not about like how how crap would i be as a coach teaching people teaching coaches to coach in a humanistic athlete-centric manner if i didn't coach coaches in that respect so if all those things that we've been saying today i don't bring that to the table and my team don't bring that to the table when we are coaching coaches right so um you know in terms of coaching coaches i want them to not coach strength education but develop their own systems so even the systems that we teach can you take them and use them and, and are they are they cool training systems yeah of course they are but the whole idea is you take the systems and we teach you this is what a system is this is the history of the word system like this is you know and i go into the history of words a lot like this is mm-hmm. what um these are what principles are these are how you incorporate principles principles within your coaching practice so that eventually at some point along the line strength education and we often find that because of this way that we teach we get we get we get coaches who have done all manner of courses and and other things and we end up being the skeleton on which they hang everything off uh, because you know they help them to peace and and get even more ROI from the money and the time that they've already spent because um, 
we help them to create their own coaching systems and coaching uh, philosophies and understand coaching values. So that that hopefully goes some way in terms of uh, answering the question, which I can't even remember in the first place because they've given you a half an hour answer. <laughs> so that's the only way I know I'm doing these right is if I forget what we were talking about when we started. So oh, it's that's all good. Cool. We're, doing, um, we're doing it right. We're doing Definitely. it right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned earlier about there's a lot of different ways to kind of uh, develop community and, and those kind of things. I mean, I know that, uh, again, a lot of people listening to this would probably be interested in in some of that stuff in terms of maybe not necessarily community as a whole but you touched on before about building like a team of coaches around you that can also kind of embody well I guess how how would you I don't know do they embody your views to a certain extent and some of their own or what yeah I mean so and I'd imagine it's fairly mirrored CrossFit poll in terms of how these things happen like just because you you'll have like one person generally speaking or maybe two people that open something up and they do it a bit smaller to start off with and see how it goes and then it kind of and then it's that point of expansion where you could do with having three or four other people and you don't trust anyone to rock with your stuff because it's your shit and you've been building it for a year which is totally understandable right yeah and and yeah do you talk about this kind of stuff like and could yeah yeah absolutely it's a big it's a big big part of what i do so um so when you mention community then we're not necessarily in the way you want to take it in this conversation, we're talking about developing a team of coaches and how you create that kind of. Yes. Um, okay, cool. Uh, so here's here's one little snippet and something which is really, really powerful when developing teams of coaches, which is principles. Mm. Because um, think about, and I'm not sure whether it's the same in poll, but typically the format of what you could very loosely term as a coach development program is going to be okay so like there's a little there's an awkward conversation about coaching and probably like nothing to do with money mentioned and and various other things and then like you move into this internship program or coach development program which with all due respect to everyone doing it isn't either of those things it's like a bit of shadowing and then getting thrown into the deep end right so like you shadow someone doing their thing and you maybe shadow a few people doing their thing or, you know, you're going to spend 20 hours with this coach, 20 hours with this coach and 20 hours with this coach. And it probably isn't even that much. And it and it probably doesn't even need to be that much. But but what it's, whatever it is, one of the problems with that is exactly what you pointed out at the start, which is you're watching these people do their things. Right. How the hell do you know what to look out for? What's important? Like what the head coach wants um you know you're, you're just looking at people in a very process driven manner and because of the nature of what we do we're going to pick out processes most of the time right so it'll be like hey that drill was cool or that cue was cool and that's great why was that cue cool why was that drill cool right so let's so principles and purpose both those things and probably in the other order actually so purpose and principles so um a few different aspects here in terms of developing coaches. Let's go back to mission and values quickly and then talk about principles. So mission and values, being explicit about the mission, your mission, the business's mission and the mission of your coaches, which should be one and the same, being explicit about the values. Here's an idea. Why don't you create values together with your coaches, like like thrash them out, talk about them, go on a team building day, whatever you want to do. And, you know, this is something that I facilitate a lot of the time as well is is these conversations like we've done it we've done it within strength education you know and um 
it feels counterintuitive, right? And I totally get this. I've been there. I am there. I help people who are there every day, like to to take your baby and to say um, to say, hey, what like what do you think this thing is? And then you're like, you know, <laughs> because because you you kind of don't want to know what comes back because you probably know another idea. So you want to build a coach's handbook for your future coaches. Why don't you take get your current coaches if you have any you might not get your current coaches and say hey guys do you would you like to create that coach's handbook because then first of all um like it delegates the work from you and you are probably getting in your own way and that's the whole circular reason why why you're finding it hard to build a team in the first place get your team to build a coach's handbook that does so many things let's just look at a few of them it creates buy-in with your team right it it creates trust in the fact that like they see that you your current team see that you trust them to rep, like to not only represent you but to actually write a guide on how to represent you and how to represent themselves right and then you start to build that trust just before you bring like baby brothers and baby sisters on board so you don't get like the jealousy or there's a lot less chance of you getting the jealousy that that might come with that right um so then you so then you you know and that's just a few there's so so many cool benefits of doing like a, a process like that um and then you can talk about principles so instead of and here's how i tend to talk about it with most coaches like you want your through the mission through the values and through the principles and any and a couple of other little bits like you want your coaches to be able to have a framework to be able to go into any coaching situation or scenario and be able to um, be confident in that scenario, be able to subjectively cater for the needs of the athletes, be able to answer questions or to to go to know where to look or whatever um, without having to go back to the head coach or the gym owner and ask questions. Because once you've trained them up that like, and I've just done that stupid quote thing with my hands for anyone who's just listening. Um, that's uh, that's a, the next problem, right? Because then it becomes a fact, a, a point that as you continue to expand, every new coach that comes on takes another exactly the same proportion off your time. And so you're kind of scared to bring coaches on because it's, you know, it's going to be another tons of time to get them like even to a point where they can coach a class on their own, then a ton of other time in terms of like answering questions and stuff like that. Let's say you've got a head coach, you're at that point and you delegate it to the head coach. You don't want their time to be taken up. You want them to be thinking of cool shit like programming, community, whatever, whatever it might be. Right. So, um, so, uh, like, um, having a set of principles uh and I, I don't want to give too much away here because the examples that i'm going to give are examples are like real example real life examples for, for, for my mentor for, for my mentees and uh, and my coaches but having a set of principles um that uh whether they are training principles or whether they are humanistic principles that people can take and use them as lenses to figure out any given coaching situation is far, far more powerful than teaching a coach things to teach other people, because then that just lends itself to an instructional approach. Let me give you one example to, to, to put it into a tangible piece, right? So, uh, and this is really cool. I'm going to give you a little insight into it because it's such a cool thing. And I was working with a coach on this last week. So, um, so 
we were trying to work around these principles and values and stuff like that and find a framework for coaches to do just this. And what we ended up coming up with is a matrix, right? Uh, and the matrix down one side had things like uh, train and sleep and eat. And uh, down the other side had things that you need to do to be, to um, to do those things well. And once you combine the things you need to do and those things, and you place a star in each of those boxes, then you know that you're on the right track, if that makes any sense. So let's say consistency, for example, right? So if you are consistent within your sleeping, within your eating and within your training and other pieces as well that you can add to that, let's say intensity, although that wasn't one, but let's say it was, so, you know, let's say you do that with intensity, then you start to develop a series of principles and now you have a framework for a coach to go into a situation and not just pick up pick up like random different processes but like have a framework to think right how am i going to have a meaningful conversation with this person to help them progress like what's their point a where are they at at the moment you know what's their point b subjectively figuring out where they're at with things and and like fixing up some goal setting and all of that can be done because you have a consistent framework that consistent framework has been decided at like the team level and and then so all of a sudden you've got consistent coaching and then consist consistent yet individualized coaching hold on a minute isn't that what we wanted in the first place <laughs> then consistent and individualized coaching i mean if you can get that mix of being individualized and subjective which is where we've been hovering this whole conversation yet do that with consistency throughout your coaching team so then you have consistency throughout like with one person over time even across different coaches you have consistency like over your classes all across the board that is going to lead to consistent results and also like stability just stability in that person's life in terms of what you represent right and and like what that community represents and that's pretty cool too yeah yeah definitely I th the framework idea i think is a very important one because I think a lot of people on the other side kind of avoid that because they think that the best way for them to be able to foster a sense of subjectivity or creativity in in like one of their coaches is to just let them do their thing, right? And you yeah. get that with pet or, it, or to get them give them loads and loads and loads of tools, and then they just they they just choose those tools, right? One of those things. Yeah, so it's one or the other, right? It's either just here's an empty room, do your thing, or it's like do exactly as I tell you, or you're fired. And yeah, yeah. Imagine some middle ground; it'd be incredible. Um, so what you mean things aren't just black and white there's not just one or the other choice apparently I, I according to politics no but anyway <laughs> talk about that's another conversation um so th there is there's a few more things i do want to kind of dig into while i've got you here um, I, I hope you haven't sent anyone to sleep yet i like, I, I hope not i hope people you're... are still listening Most... wake up wake up there's some interesting <laughs> stuff to come yes exactly so you um you 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 talked earlier about this kind this idea of being able to to some degree systemize uh, these different elements of human development something like emotional intelligence these kind of things and um, I think it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about and again it is broadly speaking but about sort of how you can go about doing that because again I, I'm seeing these big parallels in these two different worlds just to kind of make it a bit more relatable for you and for people listening um, where. <clears throat> and I'm, I, I keep saying CrossFit, but it could be applied to lots of different stuff. Well, let's let's take the CrossFit example, right? Yeah. Like t typically, um, one of the easiest and the simplest pieces, the simplest ways to put this into your coaching practice, as in, okay, so you're listening to this as a coach and you're thinking, 
cool okay these guys aren't actually talking a load of rubbish they they might be onto something i'm gonna you know i'm gonna give this a go right and um and you're like okay so how do i foster um some some like cognitive benefits let's say for example or how do i foster some societal benefits for mm-hmm. example right um easiest place to do that is in your team wad on like your saturday or your sunday you know like we've been talking about community and stuff all the time typically team wads generally from what i've seen aren't necessarily programmed with with, you know months and and years in advance they're like oh you know let's do this today or or whatever and it might take it might be someone's birthday or whatever it might be And, and that's fine right but um and and that's cool. And the general sense is okay. There's a mental toughness piece in there. There's like a like a camaraderie piece in there. What if we said? And the caveat to the conversation we're just about to have is the there's two sides to this coin, right? The the side one side is that we can never ever say how one person is going to interact with any given environment and take take it into their own right because that's we just can't like we're never going to be able to know that person as good as they know themselves or maybe don't know themselves but they're right, just, yeah. that's, that's how they're interacting with the environment um or the task but what we can do is be more purposeful right and we can instead of just leaving these things to chance we can create purposeful environments for people to hopefully connect in and around these kind of ways let's take a specific societal benefit consequence of your actions right like pretty important in terms of um in terms of uh you know being able to as it maybe teach that to to kids you know to in youth sports or crossfit kids or 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 like whatever it might be um important to teach millennials we won't even go there um and uh and just generally like a good skill for anyone you know like we all know adults who need a bit of a uh, a, a, a slap in the face with a chair about consequences of their own actions right and and what if we we program with that consciously now i'm gonna say this and you guys are gonna be like well i do that kind of stuff anyway cool but just me be more purposeful about it and then maybe maybe mix it up with some different ideas so take a a, a workout for example where you are doing one thing so let's say you are um doing squats and then your partner is uh, like holding a barbell above their head for the same amount of time, right? So, you know, you you know that depending on how slow or how fast you do your squats and how many breaks you take, like your partner has to bear the consequence of those actions and vice versa. And then there's fun interplays you can have there. So you could... Um, as a coach, you could just inject some games and some and some fun into there by having, you know, mm. having words with the partners and getting them to do certain things and yeah. like uh, getting them to replicate what the other partner did. And so then you're just starting to foster this fun and cool idea of, hey, let's like let's have a lesson today within our uh, our workout within our team wad. You know, let's just put a few pieces in there. And one of those pieces might be there are consequences to your actions Mm. and if you start to do those things purposefully and with some consistency funny that then you know then they they that these you'll be surprised in terms of how these traits or or these these like benefits whatever you want to call them start to actually emerge and hey they emerge anyway like you guys do this stuff everyone who is listening 
most likely does this stuff and has seen it and your best testimonials like whether they say this in in these words or not um are these pieces right where not you know not like up at 10 kilos on my back squat but hey like i am a different person now because mm. of being in this gym like you know look look at your best testimonials and and uh, a different and better human being you know and mm. and that's this is the start of, of that stuff. And and let's look at it from a cold and calculating business perspective. If you can interact with people on that level and like touch them that deeply and create that much, um, that powerful a change, you have a client for life. Mm, yeah. You know, or if they have to leave because of circumstance, how many people do you think they're going to refer to you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Everyone they know. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was going to put it to you in a slightly different way. And so it might, um it might be the same answer uh but we'll see so because i was thinking along the terms of something like self-confidence and empowerment Um, and so because and and the the only reason i bring this back up is because i would see uh, a possible bit of pushback to the example you gave um and but the you know so with with the industry that i'm in typically you've got the this female sense of empowerment that comes from valuing yourself in your body mm-hmm. and and learning mm-hmm. how to move it and express it and similarly with with guys with even whether it's an mma or a crossfit wherever you get stronger you get better at uh defending yourself or whatever it might you you know you feel a bit more self-confident and things and um i guess as i was listening to you use, use that example the the whole principle makes sense i don't have any disagreement with that but i guess what i was wondering was what you do in a scenario where like something like that specifically would be a really bad environment for certain people who ne- don't necessarily value their own abilities, right? If you link their their actions to someone else's, you know, the consequence of someone else, they're going to maybe feel really bad about themselves. And, and Sure, and this stuff, and you're absolutely right. So this stuff is, like we said, it's, you know, it's being aware of where the where those individuals within the group are at and right. progressing that accordingly and creating an environment accordingly. So empowerment, like empowerment comes from choice, right? Empowerment comes from having choices. So like rather than this is what you like, just putting it in a very sort of uh, simplistic perspective, it comes from being able to choose in certain scenarios. So I, I feel like what you're referring to there is the lack of choice and, and therefore almost a lack of empowerment in terms of um, being forced into that particular situation. So let's just give another example. Maybe that you can choose, like just again, just taking that example, maybe you choose to do that piece or another piece. And then you've got the option as to whether engage with that or you've got the option to engage with another piece. And if you're engaging with that other piece, then that other piece has got a purposeful but different, uh, you know, um, objective. And maybe that objective is one or two steps down from progressing toward the one that we just discussed mm-hmm. so yeah pl- plenty of ways you can play about with this and that's really uh insightful of you, you you to point that out and and you know and in terms of how it also connects with the stuff that you've been saying so thank yeah, you def- definitely that ma- yeah it makes a lot of sense i really like that that i you know the lack of choice um and it again it comes back to like you say the central theme of or especially what you talked about earlier in terms of creating an environment for other people to act in i really think that's something that I couldn't tell people and that I'm going to, I'm going to be repeating loads of shit you told me on this podcast, by the way, but, um, that's cool, man. But you know, you know what, when people are, when people are stepping up to do those flips with mm. no run up, cause I didn't realize it was a backflip. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so when people were stepping up to do those flips, they have made a choice to step up straight away. How empowering is that? Mm. Like just the fact, you know, the, the, 
like we can reframe success too we can reframe individual success right and you you know if someone like and i don't know whether this happens but let's say someone steps up to you and then they don't end up following through with actually doing the flip maybe they they, they, they back off or something like that that's cool they committed maybe they gave you a word as well they they stepped up you know they're making all these choices here and then we'll get to that choice you know right. we'll get to we'll, we'll get to that but they've when someone walks into a gym and they have they've had a really crappy day and and you know they're 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 coming to the gym and and they really didn't want to how cool is that they've made mm. that choice that is a choice you know that is yeah. a success it's a small win it's a tick in the box and it doesn't have to even be a small win like the the win for that day depending on that person depending on their relationship and where they're at in their journey might be rocking up just showing up yeah, yeah totally show up and then show up consistently and then show up powerfully right and it's the compounding effect as well i talk about this a lot with with skill development was that you take an example like a handstand it's a super super frustrating i talk about emotions a lot and you know you t- it's people get super frustrated with you know kicking up and not quite getting the handstand or whatever and i'm like but you've got to understand this is all good shit like it was all coming together to give you you know this uh, this this one complete handstand even though you see yeah, it as a negative totally rep, it's, it's all good shit. But also, um, no one else has done that but them. They are in the driving seat. Right, they've they've right. made that happen. Like we haven't made that happen as coaches, right? Like despite the accolade that some coaches give themselves, and <laughs> despite the accolade that athletes give coaches, oh, you've made this happen. No, we didn't. Mm. You know, like I'm sorry, coaches, but we don't fix stuff for a start yeah. and like we we don't make things happen we don't we just facilitate and guide yeah well that's definitely i think probably a bigger problem in the industry that i operate in and that will piss a few people off but you know again because you have that performer mentality so again there's a lot of you know celebrity status type stuff and mm. people people and and like you said before it's not it's not ill-intentioned but people genuinely believe that the way that they did it is the best way objectively and that's you know you just yeah no one else fits into all gets messy. All gets messy. Um, so, okay, last little thing, and and I'll, I'll let you carry on with the rest of your day. But so, because right. you um, you also run uh, a book club, which right. I, I have to put my hand up and admit to not being a part of, oh, unfortunately. On, However, I could my 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 minor probably idiotic objection will probably be. Um, You'll probably be able to knock that out of the park now as we as we as we talk about this. So uh, I'll let you talk. I'll let you tell people, I guess, what this book club is about, and then I'll explain what I mean in a second. But yeah, so you, the, yeah, could you tell people about what the book club is and what it's about? Yeah, well, sure. I mean, it's a book so, club, so, it's so book, book club is yes, yeah, so it's called Strong Mind Book Club. Before I forget, if anyone is gets interested in this, it's strongmindbookclub.com, um, and uh, it's really simple. So we send out a book every month and it's all it's 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 kind of a, a throwback in a way um so strength education focuses on live in-person education and the human side of things um you call that a throwback if you will and the strong mind book club is is about real books and tangible um things and human to human conversations as close as we can get it in an age of online chats and uh, ebooks and and everything else um, and it's also about a focus on on the things that really matter so that it's for 
coaches, leaders, helpers, you know, typically in the fitness space, but we have everyone from teachers to managers and, and whatever else on there as well. Um, one of my friends who is a, a, uh, a manager in a big city firm actually ended up taking one of the pieces, one of the books that we um, sent out about creating meaning, funnily enough, in, in what you do and wrote a whole sales pitch of the back of it. So, you know, there's plenty of, of again, it's, it's we might choose the books and that's part of it. Um, and that maybe flips what we've just said on its head a little bit. But then, you know, that you interact with it in, in different ways. And um, and then we connect up. So first of all, the, the book is sent in brown paper and string and it's just wrapped up in an, in an old school <laughs> manner. Um, and it's a nice surprise, especially for people who uh, do make a lot of decisions in their lives. It's, a, you know, in it's a, it's almost the flip side of what we've said in that in the fact that you just get this thing and you didn't have a choice in it. Right. But right. Um, but then in terms of bringing the empowerment side of it back in and, and the autonomy and the subjective nature, we then have a. Um, a, a zoom video call where everyone's face appears on the screen so it's as close as we can get to to, to meetups uh to in-person meetups and discuss and help each other subjectively take away some cool tangible shit from from the book um as we move forward i'm not quite sure when we're going to get this going but there's some really cool stuff happening as well with the book club uh we're still probably going to keep an option as as it is now but also have options for coaches who are developing other coaches in terms of helping and providing those coaches with questions and frameworks to be able to um to be able to take those things those themes from the books and the books can be about community they could be about uh, creativity they could be about leadership you know the things that are, are often missed as coaches and let me say i mean it's it's a pretty low budget entry point if you like into self-development and it still will be um it will be a price accordingly but still will be it's 15 pounds a month one five for for, for you know just getting the book and uh, being able to access the webinar and all that cool stuff um and uh and then moving forward you know it will still be accessible in terms of um think how much it would cost to send all your coaches on on a course and you know think how much more meaningful it is probably to have a conversation yourselves developing not only yourself as a head coach and gym owner but all your team in a way that is centered around all the stuff that we've talked about that values and and everything else so that's that's the way we're going with it. i'm really excited about it, it mm. it's it's a lot of work and so we're, we're working <laughs> on it we're working on it yeah it sounds fascinating um it sounds like uh, my and probably other people's as well but my objection is probably the selling point in that i i guess it's probably not uncommon where people get a bit worried about not knowing what books come in right and not knowing what yeah and you know what and you know what like if you if you double up on a book which actually rarely happens because one of my missions is to pick books which are meaningful but not the mainstream ones not the right. ones that you typically expect so uh, oftentimes it's the the books that you've maybe thought about buying and yeah. you know you've maybe seen you're like oh I'll get that one day uh, and you never get around to it uh, and, and it ends up being that but hey pay it forward you know like if if on occasion like once a year or whatever it ends up being a bit that you've got give it to someone who's going to find it meaningful yeah. that, that, that's what i would say and uh uh, yeah so that's in terms of in terms of uh that objection that's that's pretty much what i say yes all right jumping on the book club um, it, yeah i need to need it um yeah dude this has been uh infinitely fascinating 
listening to our 20 minute uh, <laughs> swappings <laughs> of conversations and things but uh yeah I, i'm i'm really happy we've, we've managed to hash out some time to to get this done if anyone if anyone that's been listening to this is interested in kind of getting hold of you i, I again i'll put links for stuff if for anyone that does actually read stuff but um yeah where would where's the best place to kind of go to get hold of you or to ask you questions or whatever or yeah awesome okay so first things first if you want to get hold of me just email me and we'll 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 set up a conversation so chat at strengtheducation.com c-h-e-t at strengtheducation or one word.com um in terms of where you might be able to like find find out more and connect with stuff um don't look for strength education website it's currently being overhauled so you're just going to find what you can actually you'll find a series of blog posts on there which you'll probably find interesting uh, and the opportunity to connect and engage on those but uh, for for more information there's loads of that kind of stuff coming brand new website coming um in terms of actually connecting up so there's probably three different ways that that, you, that you'll be able to connect up so if you're listening to the book club conversation and you're thinking yeah that's cool um i'd like to be involved in that head over to the website if you can't find it email me so that's strongmindbookclub.com um strength education so you're looking at the coach you listen to the coaching programs and by the way the way that we do that like we work with um strength and conditioning coaches crossfit coaches triathletes uh like you know kettlebell sport martial artists you name it because we teach the principles of coaching both art and science wise mm. uh, and then head into the specifics too so if that interests you and you want some progressive structured challenging education um then then get in touch with me as well same email address and then the last side and something that i'm doing more and more of but as, as the the days and weeks goes on is um is mentorship with with people in this space so typically there you're going to be a coach who is um, looking to build up your coaching team coaching systems perform coach development uh, or you might be a coach who is thinking about getting into coach education and going down the coachception route and uh, <laughs> uh, and and those are the the two groups that i tend tend to work with a lot i see a lot of business mentorship coming out and that gets a really bad rep and some are good and some aren't and there's not a lot going on in terms of the the coach development space and like the actual uh you know um so you as a as a gym owner as a business owner you you develop your business systems and that's cool but the core of what you do is your coaching right and you know a lot of the challenges you're facing are not just around the business they're around coaching too so let's make sure that these things go hand in hand neither is is more important than the other so if you're interested in that side again just shoot me an email address chat at strengthedication.com ultimately as i said right at the beginning why i do this stuff is to help those who help others so if you help others and you want some help get in touch man i love that that's a perfect little closer i i need one of those i suck at the little like the elevator pitch shit you know all that like i'm, I'm terrible i need a closing i need a closing <laughs> quote but yeah I, yeah truly very thankful for you taking some time to speak to me and uh very thankful for everyone that's soldiered on through and listened i hope yes, that's everyone yes thankful to you really... and thankful to, to those listening thank you very much Pre genuinely appreciate it awesome thanks for coming on dude